to Online for Authors, where I, Terry M. Brown, author of character-driven fiction and host of the podcast, introduce readers to characters they'd love to invite to lunch by interviewing authors, discussing their books, learning about the writing process, and even, on occasion, chatting live with a panel of authors to discuss topics relevant to both readers and writers. My guest today on Online for Authors is Karen C. Whalen, author of the Tow Truck Mystery Series. I've read the entire series, which is amazing because I've not read much cozy mystery as an adult. However, Karen has me hooked, and here's why. I love her main character, Delaney. She is a young woman with a somewhat nagging mother and little direction in her life when she finds herself the owner of a tow truck after her estranged father dies. This shoeaholic, who picks what shoes to wear based on the mood their color will evoke, is not a natural fit for tow truck driving, and so hilarity ensues. But not just hilarity, murder. On Delaney's very first tow, she drives a dead body to the pound and becomes suspect number one in a murder. Whalen does an amazing job keeping me guessing by providing half a dozen suspects with cause and keeps me laughing at Delaney. However, the most impressive part of the series is how Whalen develops Delaney into a well-rounded character. She's way more than a ditzy shoe lover. We follow her through guilt over her father, anxiety about whether she is good enough, and compassion toward others. Simply stated, I'm in love with Delaney Moran, and I'm sure you will love her too. Welcome to Online for Authors. Today we have Karen C. Whalen, author of The Tow Truck Murder Mysteries. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for having me, Terry. I'm super excited to have you. I have read a couple of your tow truck mysteries. I actually have read the bookends. I've read the first one and I have read your most recent one um, and I've loved them. But before okay. we really get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about friend about the the tow truck mystery series in general, like what it is people would be getting into if they decided to to pick up number one and, and read on through. Okay. Well, um, the main character protagonist is a 28-year-old woman that had never even changed a tire before, but she inherited a tow truck from her absent dad. And as a way to connect with him, and as a way to be her own boss, she decided to go ahead and try working uh, the tow truck business. But on her very first tow, she forgets to change out of her high heels and doesn't have a spare pair with her. And so she tows wearing high heels and becomes known on the Internet as the high heeled tow truck driver. She's very girly, wears high heels to toes and is trying to learn the tow truck business. And also she stumbles across dead bodies in the process. I, I think that's the part that is so interesting to me is, you know, so this is a cozy mystery series. So right. real quickly, what is cozy mystery for those people who don't know what that means? Okay. It's a subgenre of mystery and uh, it kind of is evident from the name, but there's uh, no sex violence language in the books. Also, there's an amateur sleuth rather than a police officer or a private detective, mm -hmm. which would fall under crime 
crime detective stories. Okay. So it's not a thriller, you know. Right. So I think that it's so interesting. Her very, very, very first tote in the very first book, there's a dead body in the trunk. Right. And then it just never gets better for her. She's just always seen dead bodies. And I think it's interesting. You have her friends sometimes kind of look at her sideways, like not another one. Right. Right. Which I think is great because in real life, that's what I'd be thinking if I had a friend that kept, you know, stumbling onto dead bodies. <laughs> well, um, the murder she wrote series on television years and years yes. ago, what, yes. 40 years ago, something like that. Um, it. It took place in Cabot Cove, and there was a joke. And it was amateur sleuth, and it, there was a joke: "Don't go to Cabot Cove because you'll be murdered." Right? It's a tiny town, and that's another thing about cozy mysteries: the setting usually takes place in a small, small town. And where is the setting of the tow truck mystery um, series? It's Murder in a made-up city. Made-up city, okay. But it's somewhere between Denver and Vail, about halfway between. Um, I actually modeled it after Montrose, which is on the Western Slope, but it's located kind of close to Breckenridge. So, okay. yeah. So just it's 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 a town there in in that area in Colorado, and it's a mountain town, and it's the gateway to the ski uh, resorts and also uh -huh. touristy. Right, which would bring in enough people then to maybe you know have a few extra murders right <laughs> you know i i haven't really had very many out of towners killed i should think about that yeah yeah you never know you know you, you don't know what might happen you and i have chatted before and we talked about what the difference is between a sequel and a series mm -hmm. and i had never thought of it before what is the difference well uh in a series they're standalone books Okay. In a sequel, you really need to read them in order. Okay. Uh, and often in sequels, there's a cliffhanger cliffhanger at the end of one book. So it compels you to move on to the next book. Whereas in a series, it's, you don't have that. And a lot of people don't like a cliffhanger at the end of a book and feel that they have to then read the next one to get the full story. Right. And you write which? The series. The series. Okay. Although I've read sequels and they're enjoyable too. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. got to get that to that next book. Right, so I mean, right. I see the attraction to those. Well, and, and as an author, there's something really cool about a sequel like that because you're almost ensuring, if you wrote a good one, you're almost ensuring that the audience is going to buy the next one, right? right? So there is something about that. Why did you choose to write Cozy Mystery and do it in a series versus any other genre that's out there? Well, I love to read Cozy Mystery series. And um, some of my favorites are the Hannah Swanson Cookie Jar Mysteries. Um, they're on like 20-something. Janet Ivanovich writes the Stephanie Plum Mysteries. Uh, they don't quite fit into Cozy. But you will find them under Cozy Mystery. Uh, some of the elements, you know, step over the line. But a little bit, yeah. You people, the readers want to visit those characters again. Right. And they want to go back to that town or family, the friends. Um, 
and they get quite a following. And I, I love to read those. So that's, that's what I write. Fantastic. So in order to write a series, you've got characters that, that, you know, like you said, they can read them out of order. Mm -hmm. So how much information do you have to insert into every book to make sure that the reader who picked up number three first knows what's going on? Like, right. is there, is there a certain amount? Do you, do you think about that beforehand? And is it pretty much the same information in each book? I'm just curious how that works. You know, it, it is, it is quite a bit the same information in each book. And I do have a, a sheet that I refer to, to make sure I've ticked those off because when you're, you're on six or seven, you forget you're so immersed in it that you forget somebody picking it up for the first time is, is not going to know all the backstory. And it's really only one backstory. That's the same as the backstory in book one, because in a series, the protagonist doesn't actually change all that much. Now, there are some series where the protagonist gets married and has kids, and, and but most series, she doesn't. Right. So that you can pick up book 10. And, and feel comfortable. Ten. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I have a checklist and it's uh, it has to do with her motivation as to why she wants to solve mysteries. There's a backstory there that I try to always include. The setting, uh, her her description, her age. I have to introduce all the friends to make sure they're all introduced so that I don't bring one up in chapter five and not having introduced that character ever. Okay, okay. So certain things like that you try to check off. Okay, is that, does that make it difficult? Like, I don't know, somehow that would seem to me it'd be a little bit hard to say, how am I going to once again introduce this character? Or do you not really worry too much about the fact that you have a reader that that knows the character? Like, yeah, um, do you see what I'm saying? Because you don't want to have the first two chapters sound like the first two chapters of every book, right? And so, right. so you you have to do something. So how does that work? Well, it I try to do it organically as the characters come into the story. Okay. So when Delaney shows up at the coffee shop where her best friend works, I introduced her at that moment. Because you don't, you also don't want to start out chapter one with a list of characters. Exactly. Or you lose the reader completely because it's too many people all at once. Too so. many people. And so you only bring them in at the point where it's necessary. Okay. You just right. have to remember certain readers will attach to certain minor characters and you need to be sure to include them and not just ignore them. Okay. Okay. So when you've introduced a character in book one, do you ever introduce, I mean, I know you introduce new characters if they are part of the murder, but do you ever introduce a new character, like maybe a new love interest or a new friend or a new boss or a new, a new, a new, does that happen? It does. And I have okay. a chart of continuity to keep it straight so that okay. I can remember, okay, after Book four, we've got a new character we're including, and maybe another character has stepped back. Okay. Yeah, that was my next question is, is do you ever 
eliminate a character? Like, do they move away or they're no longer friends or, or whatever? I so, don't really eliminate them unless they turn out to be the murderer. Yes. <laughs> and that can happen. But um, I do, some books just don't, some characters just don't enter into the story. Right. I don't right. ever force that. Okay. So that's a little more organic as to how the story right. is going and whether or not that character becomes part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm really curious. Why tow trucks? <laughs> well, I worked at a law firm as a paralegal for 30 years in Denver. Okay. And we represented tow truck companies. So um, I got to know some tow truck drivers and they're very colorful characters, at least the ones I got to know. I'm sure not all of them are, but um, they're very colorful. Uh, and they're the, you know, underappreciated heroes on the highway, seriously. They rescue people, they help stranded motorists, and they risk their lives on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was, you know, I thought it would made an interesting character, and I wondered, you know, all the all the tow truck drivers we represented were men. And mm -hmm. that was, I don't know if it was a coincidence or what. There are very few women in the, the business, though. Right. So... I wondered, what if I had a woman tow truck driver? What if she was young? What if she was really girly and wore high heels? And voila, that's where I came up with the story. And, you know, it helped to know a little bit about the business, too, from right. my, my job. So, Since writing this series, have you had any interaction with female tow truck drivers? Yes, I have. Have you? So um, I was contacted by a couple female tow truck drivers on social media. Oh, how fun. <laughs> and one of them I really, really connected with. And I send her scenes from uh, books that I'm working on just to make sure that they're accurate, that I've got the terminology right, right. that this is something that is practical that could happen. Um, and she's, you know, massaged it for me. Oh, awesome. So have there been times that you have sent her a scene that she's come back and said, there's absolutely no way that could happen? No, but she did say it's a stretch to expect a female tow truck driver to wear high heels. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, it is a stretch. Um, you do have her though. She has, she has like fluffy boots that she pulls on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and also, I did a lot of research on tow trucks. There are more than one kind. And the kind that my protagonist, by the way, her name is Delaney. The kind that Delaney drives has a remote control in the cab that has a, a hydraulic boom and some claws that come out and grab the tires. And it's often used by repo agents. Okay. Okay. It's not really meant for cross country towing okay so she can operate that tow truck without getting out of the cab and that was one way i could have her wear high heels right right she didn't have to be out mucking up under cars or whatever although she does find herself yes. doing that yeah yeah <laughs> because because there's always situations in which you can't quite get to where you need to be or do what you need to do mm -hmm. um i think in in the first book you talk a lot about 
which tow trucks can do which things right. and how she learns very quickly that there are certain toes that she cannot do. Right. So she learns what questions that she has to ask when she gets a call to find out whether or not she has the equipment that can help that driver. I found that to be very interesting because I don't know, in my mind, a tow truck was a tow truck was a tow truck, mm -hmm. you know, and I had never considered that, you know, whether I had front wheel drive or rear wheel drive or all wheel drive or whether I was stuck in a snowbank or next to one was going to matter. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> it was it was very interesting. Um, so the high heels, you just just were thinking, what would it be like to do high heels? Or, or did you think about other, like the idea of ever putting a tow truck driver in high heels, just, I don't know that it would have ever come to me. So I'm just curious, like, how did that evolve? Well, like I said, I was, I wanted the opposite of what Okay. People think of as a tow truck driver. They think right. of burly, rough guys with, you know, grease under their fingernails and, you know, right. Uh, some language possibly, right? Yeah. So tend to wanted, be older. Right. I wanted something the opposite of, of what you would expect. So, and I had this visual when I was imagining it. And I'm sure as a writer, Terry, you do this too. You imagine what your characters look like and talk like and, right. and their personality and their tone and their voice and all of that. And I pictured her climbing out of the tow truck and her high heels emerging out. And you and said, that's it. That's it. That's Delaney. <laughs> all right. So you also have another series. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Um, my other series is the uh, Dinner Club Murder Mysteries. And the protagonist is older. She's in her 50s. She's a recent widow. And she wants to enter back into a rich, full life that she has uh, missed out on. So she tries to join a, an exclusive dinner club. Well, on her first uh, event, she's hosting she finds a dead body in her basement. And in order to be accepted into the dinner club, she feels that she has to solve this crime. And, uh, and then from there, the dinner club becomes friends and they solve the murder mysteries solve together. together. Right. Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting things with that one is, is that you also provide actual recipes. Right. So that's it. It's another subgenre. So it's a cozy mystery, but it's also a culinary cozy. Oh, okay. All right. So does your murder, your tow truck murder mystery, does it fall into a different subgenre or is it just a cozy? Yeah, it's just a cozy. Just a cozy. Okay. I also know that you're working on another series. I happen to know this because, you know, you and I have breakfast together <laughs> on occasion. So does that one fit into a subgenre of cozy? Um, yes, it does. It's a beach cozy. Okay. So there is actually beach cozies. Yes. Okay. Because I knew there were beach reads, but I wasn't sure if if cozy had its own little beach section. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's beneficial to have a sub-subcategory of a cozy, or or has the tow truck done okay without having a subgenre? 
Um, I think it's done okay. Uh, readers aren't thinking in subgenres. Uh, That's true. But they they do search under certain keywords like beach, right? Culinary, dinner club, that kind of right. thing. Right. I was wondering with marketing, you know, like the the cozy mystery genre is pretty large. There are a lot of readers, and so finding the ones who are going to be um, pulled in. But of course, all they have to do is read one. Let me tell you guys, read one and you're pulled in because Delaney is delightful. She is a delightful character. I absolutely love her and her. I think I love her because like you said, she's not what you expect. You know, she's she's so opposite and she puts shoes on based on the color, based on either her mood for the day or the mood she's trying to set or or, you know, some power thing she has going on in her head, you know, today I'm wearing black because, you know, she has this whole idea. And it just, it makes me laugh because she's so not a tow truck driver, <laughs> you know, or at least not the, the stereotypical one that you have in your head. So, all right. Um, so, is it difficult to get into the head of someone who's like closer to your child's age than your own age. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything about age. I'm just saying that, <laughs> that, you know, your character is younger than you and is in a, in a different generation than you're in. Is it hard to get into her head and like create the right kind of dialogue and, and the right kind of interests and et cetera? I, yeah, I understand your question. But we were all 28 at one time. That's true. That's true. Right. And I, it wasn't, you know, I remember that. Right. So um, the hard one is her sidekick is actually 18. Uh -huh. So her best friend's cousin, Axel, often goes with her on toes. And he's a little harder. I remember what it was like at 18, but... Being 18 today is different from being 18 when I was 18. And the language is so different. So I have to do a little bit of research to find out what he would actually say. Uh, like, kids today don't say cool. Right. They say dope. And they're, so I go to my grandchildren. They're not 18, <laughs> but they're old enough that they can feed me some words. Oh, this is what kids are saying in school because it's amazing how quickly kids learn slang. Exactly. Because yeah. because they're trying to be <clears throat> cool. They're trying to be a teenager way early. <laughs> so um, funny. reading Axel's voice, sometimes I write the scene and just write it. And then I go back and say, okay, Axel is saying this, but what? how would he really say it? What is he really going to do? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I am currently writing something um, very different than what I've been writing. You know, a contemporary first person, very different. And I did have someone point out to me because I had said that one of her Gen Z friends or, or co-workers was, uh, I don't know, scrolling through and and doing something and and they said oh you're going to date yourself very quickly because 
Right now they're looking at YouTube, but not so much anymore. It would be more TikTok and da da da. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to change things enough that she's just scrolling through looking at videos. Right. And that way it can be on any particular and it won't date it quite so fast. So it's the same kind of thing where you realize, oh, I would be looking at YouTube, but other people are looking somewhere else. And I didn't even know that. Right. Right. And, you know, and you want to be specific in your writing, but in some cases it's better to be vague and just say social media. Right. Because social media is not likely to go anywhere for a while. Right. Which ones may. Right. Right. I mean, you know, TikTok is huge right now, but, you know, next week it could be something else. And so, yeah, I agree. And and also you don't want to give too much slang. Right. Because that changes pretty quickly. So my 18 year old, it fits him. And, you know, even if the words are going to go out of style, uh, but my protagonist, she has more mainstream dialogue. And right. I just, I think that will stand the test of time. Well, and, and with, with Axel and his words, it fits him so well that even if he were dropped into a time 20 years from now, you can still see him using those words. Like that's, that's who he is. Right. Right. And so, and, and I like the fact that you said Delaney is, she's obviously her age. And you know that from things that she does and says, but it isn't so much a language or or specific social media or specific movies or anything along that line. It's right. it's far more, you just know the age. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand from like her dating habits and other things where she where she is. So other than Delaney, who is your favorite character? Well, it would be Axel. Is it? Yeah, he just, the scenes between the two of them seem to come alive for me, and they're very easy to write. And I find myself wanting to bring him back in to the story often. Okay. They seem to have a real good dynamic. Um, Other than that, it would probably be her love interest. Those scenes are fun to write, too. Right, right. Um, she, She doesn't stick with one love interest, is that correct? Right. I, you right. know, because that would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want that. <laughs> um, so you are on book number what right now? Which one did you just, you brought out Friends Come to Call, which is book number four? It's four. Mm-hmm. Book five, Stiletto to the Pedal, comes out next spring. Awesome. And then the next one is under contract. It'll probably be out at the end of next year. Okay. And do we have a name for it yet? Booty in the Backseat. Booty in the Backseat. So that's six. Do you intend to go further than that with this one? Right. I have seven written. uh, Let's see. Fear in first gear. Okay. And I'm working on eight. All right. Fantastic. And how long do you see this series going? Like, do you have an endpoint in mind or do you, if you just come up with another idea, you'll keep going? If I, I'll just keep going until I get tired of it. Right now I'm enjoying the characters. Right. Uh, so I will just keep going. And you're writing another series as well. Right. So the beach how, read. 
how difficult is that to go back and forth like that? Because I can imagine they're not similar. Right. Um, the beach read has a totally different voice. Okay. So, and I tend not to, to write them necessarily at the same time. So I finished the beach read and I set it aside. Okay. And I went back to the tow truck. And it takes me a little bit to get back into Delaney's head. Right, right. Because switching back and forth between characters, I don't know if you do it, but I do. When I'm writing, I'm becoming the character whose voice I'm I'm portraying at that time. And if, if I have a, a book with, with a couple points of view or different characters, I mean, I'm changing. And I have to like, whoop, now I'm getting into this character. And now I'm getting into this character. So you'd have to do the same thing. With it would be similar. Changing, it's similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, where you're, you're, it's like, wait a minute, this is Delaney. I mean, Delaney's, you know, let, let me channel Delaney. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you ever see yourself writing anything other than cozy mystery? I really don't. Uh, at least not right now. Yeah. And I, I tend to read cozy mystery. Now, once in a while, I'll pick up a thriller. Um, your historical fiction. Thank you. <laughs> but it's I, I read those for entertainment. And it's right. not really something that I would write for myself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like to talk to different authors. I tell people right now, I'm afraid I'm committing author suicide because I've written three historical fiction and now I'm going completely off the rail and writing a contemporary women's fiction comedy kind of thing. And it's comedy with a, like a dash of romance. I don't even know what genre to put it in at the moment. It's not, it's not finished. So maybe the genre will become very apparent when I'm done, but it's like, so I always ask other authors, are you going to change? Are you going to change? And some people say they, they do and have, and others are like you that feel very, very comfortable in the, the genre that they're writing. Mm -hmm. I love writing historical fiction. It's not that I, and I probably will write another one at some time. I just had this character who insisted on being heard. Right. And so I'm letting her out. <laughs> And I think uh, Beach Read or Women's Fiction are both for you. Yeah. For your yeah. Beach and Read. Because it is it is set at the beach, so it will be a Beach Read. Yeah. 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 But it's just a very different, totally different from my other books. And, 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 and I, humorous, too. Yeah, I mean, you. not that your other books didn't have elements of humor on occasion, but... but this one is this one is meant to be funny. Right. I mean, it's about a it's about a woman in her early fifties who's recently separated and going through menopause and getting on the dating scene. And yeah, it's it's meant to be kind of tongue in cheek. And anyone who has been through menopause or has even heard of menopause is going to <laughs> laugh at it because you know it pulls in all of the the hot flashes and the bingo arm wings and all the things <laughs> that women talk about. So. It, it's so relatable, Terry. I can't wait. I, I read the first chapter. Right, right. And yeah, I let it. I let it out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So, when do you hope for your beach read to be out? What is what is that series going to be called? Do you have a, a name for it yet? I think it's. You know, that's still in process. Yeah. But hopefully by this spring. Super. So you're going to have two out this spring. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm not going to be able to be your friend anymore. I'm not going to be able to keep up with you. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> so you're you're having one out in the spring. Will you have well, one having, out? I'm having one out month? in January. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm I'm kind of hoping that maybe I can push my beach read along and get it out. But my life is so crazy right now that it's like how do I find the time to write? I was going to try to finish that up during uh, NaNoWriMo. Mm -hmm. And and I was just pushing along and doing great. And then I got 10 days of vertigo and couldn't even sit at my computer. And so it was like, okay, well, that was blown. And now it's Christmas and then my book launch. And so I, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the heat, but it's it's okay. But that's the dilemma for most writers is finding that time. I mean, even if you write full time, there's so many distractions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I tend to be a writer. I tell people I'm a binge writer. And I like to find like a two week period of time where I can be all alone and preferably not here at my house mm-hmm. where the, the laundry doesn't bother me and the dog and, you know, no one I know because I'm not home. And I can just focus on my writing, but that's not part of my life right now. And I cannot leave my home for two weeks. And so it's like, I'm trying to find these, these times. It's hard because it's so different from how I've always written. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's like a new challenge. I I'm, I'm into challenges. I'm writing in first person instead of third and present tense instead of past. And I'm trying to write in blocks of time instead of a two week, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) You're really changing it up. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, let's just see what else I can do to just, you know, rock my world. (laughs) And you went from third person to first person and past tense to present tense. Present tense. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been, and, and what I find sometimes is, is I'll be writing and I go and look, read it over again and realize, oh, you slipped into third person and you have to go back and change everything up again because I so naturally write in third person. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's very natural. In fact, I think that that doing this, even if this book doesn't end up being anything, it has really made me stop and think about the craft of writing because I'm not doing things very automatically. I'm mm-hmm. having to really like focus my attention because it's so different Mm -hmm. from what I've been doing. And I like that. I like Mm -hmm. that idea. So when you read your cozy mysteries, are you reading them for fun or are you reading them to come up with ideas or a little of both? A little of both. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have trouble reading historical fiction when I'm writing a historical fiction for enjoyment. Because I start out for enjoyment and then I'm doing things like, oh, well, that was, hmm, I wonder what I would do. And I'm fixing things or I'm coming up with something that I need to or not need to do in my own book Mm -hmm. or or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm reading this book for enjoyment. So I go back to enjoyment and then it's like, oh, oh. (laughs) Right. So usually if I'm writing a historical fiction, I try to read a different genre. Mm -hmm. And that way, if I want, if I'm trying to read for enjoyment and that way I do have a little better chance of. Of just relaxing into the story. Relaxing and reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, having a good read. So. Uh-huh. 
Well, I totally understand that. Um, right now I'm plotting a book, uh, the eighth book in uh -huh. the sutra. And so everything I'm reading, I'm like very aware of, oh, that was plot point one. Oh, that was the <laughs> midpoint. This is what they did at the midpoint. And, you know, uh, I, I do that all the time. Right. It's just right. one of the things that writers and, do. And that, do you do that in books that are not like when you read my historical fiction? Were you also doing plot point midpoint? Were you did that come out, or do you suppress that more in a different genre? You know, I was just so wrapped up in the story, honestly, Terry. I wasn't thinking about the plot points, and that's a good thing. That's what you yeah. want your readers to. Right. Do. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I was just curious. Yeah. Like, and and that's what I think I'm doing when I'm doing reading historical fiction is, is I'm thinking too much about the craft right. of writing historical fiction. And when I read a different story that's that's really unrelated to mine, then I can just kind of fall right. in and like love the character. And and it's what I did when I was reading Delaney. I mean I read I read your first book, uh, Toes on the Dash, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. I read Toes on the Dash in a in a day. I just sat down and I couldn't put it down and I just kept reading it. And I loved the story and I laughed and I, I fell in love with Delaney and I just, all the things and not once did I think, Oh, that's how she did that. Like it didn't. And it, and it's because the genre is so far removed, mm -hmm. you know, cozy mystery and historical fiction don't have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do for those people who do a lot of, um, book analysis. I'm sure that they could, but in terms of how I'm thinking about books, they they don't. There's not a lot of intersection. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not. It's not the same kind of research, and it's not the same kind of setting. And and the characters are. Um, I don't know. Do they ever do cozy mysteries that are set in historical times? Is that a sub? You know, I think that yes. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but yes. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at me coming up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything that you wish that I had asked you that I didn't, that you would love to tell listeners today? Uh, not that I can think of. That's good. That's you good because I did my job. <laughs> Ask that one question that I should have said, don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> that's okay. Making me so, come up with something off the top of my head. That's all right. That's all right. So how can listeners learn more about you and your books? Where can they go to find you? Well, I have a website, Karen C. Whalen, Cozy Mystery Writer. Um, also, I'm on all the social media platforms. I'm not on TikTok, but I am on uh Pinterest, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, right. Are you um, on Twitter still? Or I X? am on Twitter, X, uh, and Goodreads. Goodreads, right. Uh, there's a lot of places to find right. me. Right, right. Well, super, super. So I'll have those links in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and click on through. Make sure you run right out and grab Karen's books. They're fabulous, <laughs> absolutely fabulous. You don't have to read them in order, but, you know, go ahead and start with the 
first one and because you're going to want to buy them all. So you might as well start <laughs> with number one and, and read on through. Um, and remember, she has two series out and a third one coming in the spring. So keep up with her. Is Do you have like a newsletter where people can kind of keep up with what's going on? I do. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Fantastic. Fantastic. So do that so that you know when her beach read comes out. Thank you so much for being on today, Karen. Thank you, Terry. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Online for Authors, where I, Terry M. Brown, author of character-driven fiction and host of the podcast, introduce readers to characters they'd love to invite to lunch. Tune in next Tuesday for another podcast episode.